everybody doing today? Good. Good. I want to remind you of something. A little booklet. I, I don't refer to it much. I'm trusting that you're going to follow along a little bit either here or in your quiet time or whatever. These are just some interesting things if you haven't really looked at it closely. Uh, when we talked about Barak the other day, uh, we talked about Deborah. And he said, I'm not going to go unless Deborah goes with me. So Deborah was the one that said, you can do this, man. You, you can do it. So I want you to think about, and, and what I hope you do in this book, is think about who are the Deborahs in your life? Who are the people that really make you the best person that you can be and, and inspire you to, to do great things? Um, we all need Deborahs in our lives. Then on the next page, uh, we're going to talk about David and Goliath. Yeah. Who are the Goliaths? What are the Goliaths? that you have to face? What are the difficulties? Uh, what I want you to do is to take time and take what we're learning here and apply it to your life. Uh, we've got 50 or so young people here this week. Every one of you has a different story. It, they're all different. There's no way anything I could teach would uh, apply to everyone, but what you can do is take what I'm telling you and uh, think about it, meditate on it. Uh, today you'll find uh, David and Goliath there's only two questions in there, but there's a fun search of word puzzle. But you can't do it during chapel. You have to do it later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Turn if you would. Where do you think? Hebrews 11. You know, it's interesting. I thought to myself, here we're, every night we turn to Hebrews 11, but it's only for like 20 seconds, and then we're gone. Um, talking again about how the grace of God meets us where we are, so far we talked about the Israelites crossing the Red Sea, how God's grace came just in the nick of time, just when they needed. Uh, then we talked about Barak and how the grace of God was sufficient for him. It, it was everything he needed to do the task God had called him to do. Last night we talked about David and Goliath. We talked about David and how progressively in his life he had some difficult things to overcome but it made him stronger. God gave him grace to keep overcoming, and so it made him a stronger person. Today, we're looking at another familiar story, and it's in verse... Broke a string. Yeah, broke a string. No, not 32. 30. I have trouble seeing. That's why I take a long time to look. Look at verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people marched, them, uh, marched around them for seven days. Remember the song, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho. Do you know that song? Yeah. And what happened? Right. All right. Let's start with a little story. This church was getting ready for the big Christmas program. And they were having practices and... Look at that. That's good. Man, these guys are quick. Um, they were practicing for the Christmas Pro show. And it seemed like for two months they were getting ready for the big church Christmas program. And every practice, it seemed like somebody was absent. They could never get everybody there all at the same time. It was always this soloist out or the pianist was gone or whoever. And uh, finally, they got to the dress rehearsal the night before the big Christmas program at church. And the director uh, 
finally has everybody there. And he's just thrilled. But he also wants to uh, let everybody know that he didn't appreciate the fact that people didn't come to all the practices. And so what, what he says is, I'd like to recognize uh, Mrs. Jones on the piano. She's the only person here who has been to every rehearsal for the Christmas program. So let's give her a big round of applause. So Mrs. Jones, she stands up from the piano bench and uh, takes a little bow, and she goes, well, it's the least I could do, considering I can't be here for the performance. <laughs> do you get that? It's awful? Yeah, she's not going to be here. Well, <laughs> it might hit you later. Uh, this morning we're talking about, again, a group of people. It's going to be the Israelites. And God gave them a race to run. But from their perspective, what he tells them to do probably doesn't make a lot of sense to them. And they're going to run it anyway. Uh, some of you may have your own life that you're living and maybe you think, you know, this life of mine doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. I don't understand why God put me in the family I'm in. Do you ever feel that way? I tell you, when I was growing up, I thought my sister was nuts. And uh, my cousins, you know, the, the, what I mentioned the, the first day from uh, Ohio, I thought, they're all goofy. I'm the only one that's normal in this family. And he say, Lord, why did you put me in such a weird family? Turns out that I, I wasn't all that normal that I thought I was. But you think, oh, what's the point? I want Today, I want you to know that God's grace will be there if we are obedient and persevere and are faithful to what he calls you to do. No matter what it is, if God calls you to do it and you're faithful to that, God will reward that faithfulness. Okay? Now, we know the story about Jericho a little bit. Let's give a little quick history lesson. Moses led the people out of Israel. No, he didn't. He led them out of Egypt. Thank you. You guys come up and tell the story. He led them out of Egypt. Moses dies. He doesn't get to go into Israel. But Joshua is going to take over. And in the book of Deuteronomy... You, at the very end there you have where Moses dies and he realizes God's not going to let him go into the promised land and Joshua takes over in the book of Joshua then Joshua is leading the people across the Jordan River and they're going to go into the promised land which in general is what we think of as Israel's today they're going kind of right in the middle of it and it's the old divide and conquer idea where they're going to split the country in half and cause a disruption then they're going to take out those cities then they're going south take those out then they're going north and take out those cities that's how they're going to take over the land the first city they encounter is what city? Jericho right and uh, Jericho was a military outpost it, it was a fort essentially and there was Jericho not uh, much farther along was a city named Ai which was also a military outpost these cities were designed to cover the exterior rim of the land of Canaan to protect it from invasion. Joshua realizes that Jericho is the first city that they have to take. If they can't get Jericho, they do not get the promised land. They must defeat Jericho. It's their first test. And so 
God is going to give them a plan to take Jericho. I'm going to put my watch up here make sure we don't go over time. Isn't that good? All right, let's look at chapter 6 of what? Joshua. Chapter 6. I'll read a little bit of this in case you're not too familiar with the story. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. Uh, no one went out, no one went in. In other words, this is a fortified city. It has walls around it. Uh, the governor or whatever of Jericho has said, you know, hey, we're closing down the city. All the gates are closed. He can look out over the ridge and he sees these millions of Israelites camped just in the distance. He goes, I don't know what's going on there. But just for safety's sake, nobody's coming in, nobody's leaving. We're not opening these gates for anybody. Then the Lord said to Joshua, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. That's an interesting statement considering they're still camped over there and the whole fortified city is all locked up tight. He says, along with it, it's king, it's fighting men. And uh, he's going to give the directions here. So I want us to look at the, the rates that God has called these people to run. First thing I want you to note here, notice here is that God is the one that sets the course race. God is the one that sets forth their instructions on how they're going to win uh, this city. Uh, it was an odd one. Here's what God tells them to do. Uh, tells Joshua, he says, Now I want you guys to, the first day, we're going to get the Ark of the Covenant, that's the big box you know, they kept the Ten Commandments in, we're going to have an armed guard around it and the priests are going to carry it and then everybody else file in behind them and the priests and some of these other people they're going to play some horns as they go. We're going to march around the whole city one time. And Joshua later explains that uh, the only noise that will be these guys playing the horns. Everybody else is to march around in silence. Now keep in mind this is a walled city. Imagine if you're in Jericho and you see two two maybe three million people all going around your city just one time and you're standing up on the wall looking down. What in the world? Did you see what's going on out here? Who are these people? What are they doing? And they're all quiet. Has Paul ever taken you guys on one of his prayer walks maybe through the woods or something? I went one time years ago with him where everybody just walked quietly through the woods. and A uh, pretty odd thing. So once the, uh, the procession, once the uh, Ark of the Covenant and the priests get by, you're talking of probably a string of people miles long uh, to go around the city, and nobody's saying a peep. Not a word coming out of them. Now, God says, I want you to do that on the first day. Second day, I want you to do the same thing. Third day, do it again. Exactly the same. And my guess is that for three million people, it may have taken most of the day to do this, just to get them all to go around there. Fourth day, do it again. Fifth day, do it again. Now, I want you to picture, if you're in Jericho, by the fifth day, you're looking and saying, these people are crazy. What are they doing out there? They're just marching around the city. They have nothing better to do. If you're one of the Israelites, you're thinking, I'm not sure about this plan. Now, uh, on the seventh day is when God tells them 
that uh, when you, you hear the, the long blast on the trumpets, that's when everybody's to shout and the city walls would fall. So God himself is establishing the course. Now, Joshua was a military guy and God told Joshua what he wanted them to do. But can you imagine when Joshua was telling his generals and his leaders, this is how we're going to run it. This is the game plan. This is how we're going to take this city. And I'm, I'd be sitting there thinking, if I'm one of the generals, yeah, what are we going to do, Josh? We're going to nuke them, huh? What are we going to do? Get the bazookas on the gates? Uh, or, or are we just going to storm the gates and blow them to pieces? How are we going to do it? And Joshua says, well, we're, we're going to very quietly walk around the city. Okay, and then we're going to nuke them, right? Then we're going to get out the big swords, right? Now then the next day we'll do that again. Oh. So on the third day is when we pound them into the ground, right? No. That's going to be very quiet and just do it again. Can you imagine Joshua? You know, great military leader. This is the strategy that we've come up with. It's okay. Okay. I want you to understand here, this was an odd plan, at the very least. An odd plan. Sometimes the course that God lays out for us feels a little odd. And you may question why your life is like it is. Why you're living where you're living, why you're in the school that you're in, why your parents are who they are, why your brothers and sisters are who they are. And God is just saying, trust me on this. I've put you in this situation in life for a reason. I want you to just be faithful. I want you to live the life that you know you should live here, now, in this place. Just keep doing the right things. It's not always easy to keep doing the right things, but this is what God is talking about. These people could have easily said, you know, Josh, five days we've been walking around here. Let's give this up. Let's just go on to the next town or, or let's go back the other way. This, this is silly. But he doesn't. They keep going. Now, one thing I want to mention too here. Uh, when you think about your life and who you are and who God made you, I'm looking out at you. You all look at me here just for a second. Right? This is me. And that's you. I'm different. You're really different. Okay? We're all different. God has made us individuals. He's given us different talents, different abilities, different things that we can do, different interests, different passions, different things that spark our interest. We're all different. God is not con uh, concerned with how talented you are. He is concerned with how faithful you are. Be faithful with what God has given you. Do your best with that. Don't look at what everybody else is doing or how talented everyone else is. Just be faithful with what God has given you. I want you to notice that uh, they were to run this race in silence. Uh, imagine all the people in Jericho. They're yelling out and taunting them. and uh, They couldn't complain how silly it was. And the only outburst would be at the very end, seventh day, seven times around the city on that seventh day. And then they're going to shout and the God says, when you shout, those walls are going to come tumbling down. They're going to be leveled. Your army will be completely surrounding the city at that time, and you will be able to come in at every point and take this city. And by the grace of God, the walls fell. 
God tells them, if you are faithful, if you will do what I tell you to do, even when it doesn't make a lot of sense, I promise you that I will fulfill my word. I promise you that I will give you grace to be victorious in that day. So, that's the race they had to run. I want to make a couple points here about uh, the grace for the race. I want to show you a little uh, example of this here. I have to get this stuff out of my pockets. And, uh, something else I wanted. I was looking for an honest face earlier. And, uh, <laughs> I found one out of this whole bunch. I'm just kidding. Let me explain something to you first here. Uh, I, I brought some coins with me here. Uh, this is an English copper. I showed it to um, Carice earlier because she's Great Britain and all that stuff. Uh, this is an English penny, a little larger than ours. This is, uh, of course, a uh, Kennedy half dollar. And, and we're using them just because they're about the same size. So I've asked Andrea to come help me because she told me that she was honest. And she's very quiet, aren't you? But not in the cabin. Come on up. She's going to help me with this. And why I need somebody that's honest is because I know that you won't all be able to see what I'm doing here very well from in the back. So because she is so honest, she will be able to verify and tell you what is happening and you'll know that she's telling you the truth even if you think I'm trying to trick you in some way, which I would never do. Right? Right, I would never trick anyone. No, of course not. Okay, we've got a copper. We'll call it a copper. Can you say copper? Copper. Say it real loud. Copper. Here. Copper. Now you're on the podcast. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, here's what we're going to do. Uh, hold out your hand real flat. Real flat. Okay. All right. We'll put the half dollar there. We've got the copper here. All right. Now I'm going to just slide it under the half, just like that. All right. I want you to, to focus on those. All right. Now I'm going to keep sliding it like this. I want you to close your hand on it. All right. And squeeze it tight. I want you to watch my hands now. I'm going to pull this finger out of your hand. Squeeze it tight. Your goal is to make sure I don't take anything out of your hand. Squeeze it tight. All right. Anything? You're sure? You sure? Look, nothing here, nothing here, nothing here. <laughs> okay, I want you to put it behind your back. Squeeze it one tight one more time. Now just slightly loosen your grip on it and shake it so you can feel if there's two coins in there. Can you tell if there's two coins? Just shake it. Two coins in there? All right. What I'm going to do, if you can imagine this, I want you to hold the hand over your head like this. Okay. Shake it again. Take your left hand, put it under your right armpit, make a fist. <laughs> Shake it. Alright? Now take this hand, bring it down into the other armpit, like that. 
right? Shake them both. Okay. Can you hear those rattle? It's only it's certain ways that you do it. You can hear them rattle, right? Now take both hands behind the back, bring the left one up under the knee. Okay. And shake your right foot. Oh, well, that's enough. Do you think these directions are kind of odd? All right. Um, here's what we'll do. Concentrate on what? Which one of those two do you like best? The 50 cents or the penny? The penny. She's going to concentrate on the penny. All right? All right, here we go. La, 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 la. Let me see your hand. Now let me see this hand. It's empty, right? Right? Make a fist. Right? Did that hurt? Good. Open your hand. Take it away. Open that hand. What do you have? A quarter and <laughs> And I have the copper. And you can keep the quarter. All right. Now... What I want you to understand here, all the goofy directions I give her really had nothing to do with anything. But yet she did them, right? Because I'm the boss for this moment in time, right? right? So she did what she was told to do. No matter how odd it may seem, there seemed to be a promise ahead that if I do this, I'm going to see something very special. You were expecting that maybe one of those coins would be left in your hand and that I would have the other one. What she didn't expect is that not only is one of the coins gone, but it changed into a quarter. I want you to understand the grace of God, which we cannot earn. You cannot do anything good enough to get it. But every now and then in your life, when you are faithful, when you do what God tells you to do, no matter how silly it may sound, God will sometimes surprise you. And he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've done a good job. You've been faithful even when you didn't know why. You listened to your parents. You did all this. You listened to Uncle Paul. You, you've tried to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. And now... When you need it, I'm going to give you grace and help you on your way. God's grace comes to those who persevere in obedience. So keep at it, keep going. God's grace will be there for you. Seven days go by. Aren't you glad that trick didn't take seven days to do? Do you think you'd have lost interest? Yeah. I mean, like three days from now, she's still here. <laughs> Okay, it's almost ready, you know. Yeah, we lose interest. The Israelites, it, and I'm not a patient person. I, I'm telling you, after the second trip around the city, I'd be, okay, let's, what are we doing here? Let's get it done or move on. Yeah, get her done. But, um, you know, a lot of people, they have prayed and waited for the Lord about an issue for years. 
that movie we watched last night, uh, The Lady Doctor. She said, I've been praying for you for five years. And probably gets discouraging. You pray for somebody for years and you don't see any results. You're thinking, Lord, is this really worth praying? My dad, uh, when I was growing up, never went to church. He was Catholic, but I'm telling you, he didn't go. Okay? My mom became a Christian when I was about six years old. And before she was a Christian, she was a, a, a heavy drinker, as was my dad, both partiers and all that kind of stuff. When my, dad, when my mom became a Christian, she was always uh, trying to witness to my dad, who didn't want to hear it. That's why we had a lot of fights in our house. But anytime Billy Graham was on TV when I was growing up, this would be back in the 60s and 70s, uh, mom would always go in and turn the the volume up really loud so dad would have to hear Billy Graham so he'd go out in the kitchen and uh, you know get his beer or whatever it was and, and drink while Billy Graham's preaching on TV and there was a radio guy whenever he was on on the radio in the morning mom would turn the radio up real loud and dad would go into another room she was always trying to get him dad never wanted to hear about God for oh my goodness dad died in 19... 84. And I'm telling you, for 20 years, my mother prayed for him and witnessed to him and tried everything that she could, and Dad didn't want to hear it. My dad died of heart disease, which is why when you see me walking up that hill, you know, to where I'm staying up here, if you see me up there going like this, oh, you remember my dad died that way, so, you know, don't let me down. You run up and give me CPR or something. But the day my dad died he died at home and uh, I, I was down there at my mom's with him and dad was in bed and he had oxygen And he, it was a Saturday morning and, and mom tried to talk to my dad and she, my dad's name was Jake and she said Jake uh, won't you let me pray with you don't you want to know the Lord and my dad just no no this is the day he died no, and uh, two hours later he was so weak he couldn't talk and uh, he was at home because they couldn't really do anything for him at the hospitals anymore and he was just struggling for every breath and mom came in one more time I was sitting in the bedroom still mom came in sat on the edge of the bed he could hear you and he could nod his head and all that stuff but, and she said Jake don't you want to know for sure that when you die you're going to the same place that we're all going. And my dad had heard the gospel like a jillion times from Billy Graham, so he knew it. And there, about an hour before he died, my dad, in response to Mom's question, shook his head yes. And my mom prayed the sinner's prayer with my father an hour before he died. Do you think my mom got discouraged over those 20 years of praying for my dad every day, of trying to win him every day, and she never gave up? And what do we see? That at the moment of truth in my dad's life, at the moment of his crossroads, when he steps from one life into the other, my mother's faithfulness 
is a conduit for the grace of God to come in and from my father that I hope someday I picture him standing by a split rail fence in heaven waiting for me his son that he never really knew that well uh, because he never understood what it was to be a Christian but my dad is there because of my mother's faithfulness God's grace coming into his life I want you guys to know if you are faithful if whatever it is that God has given you to do with your life do it be faithful. Don't worry that you can't do it as good as Joe. Don't worry that you can't do it as good as Beth or that they're so much better at everything else. Do what God has given you to do. Bamboo is a popular wood anymore. You know they're making floors out of bamboo now? It's supposed to be a very hard wood and plus it grows fast. Did you know that in China they have bamboo farms just like we have tree farms and that when they plant that, let me get this right, for the first four years when they plant bamboo it may grow about this tall in four years in the fifth year year five the bamboo grows 90 feet in 60 days you can literally if you're patient watch it grow it's growing a foot and a half every day an inch an hour you could watch it if you had the day there go from here to here in one day and it grows and that's why it's becoming so popular it's so quickly renewed I want you to understand sometimes God's doing things and it seems like for the longest time nothing's happening maybe you're like my mom maybe you're praying for your mom or your dad to, to know the Lord or your brother or your sister or your friend Maybe you've been praying about what God wants you to do with your life to give you some idea. What, what do you want me to do? And you get nothing. What do we need to do in that case? Be faithful. Keep praying. Keep using your talents. Keep using your abilities. And who knows, maybe that quick, God will answer your prayers. Get things going. I want you to notice here, God's grace came to those who persevered in obedience it came in a unique display of his power. There was no question about it. When, when God came in, never a doubt that this was God. No one else could take credit for it. It was the total destruction of Jericho and a total victory for Israel. God's grace came just when they needed it because they persevered, because they followed God's word just as he promised. I want to tell you a story here. Hey, can I, who has a book with them? Can I just take a peek at it? Is there a verse on this one? Um, yeah, okay. Galatians 5.9, just in your book. I just want to point this out. And, and there are some things here. When you're doing your quiet times, if you're not sure what to think about or pray about or reflect about, go through some of these verses and think about them. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time will receive a harvest if we don't give up. God's watching your life. He knows what you're doing if you're being faithful. Don't give up. Think good things will happen. God's grace will come to you if you're faithful. Here's the story. When my kids were your age, uh, and my oldest now will be 24, 
in August. My youngest will be 21 in November. They both played softball. Girls softball. You guys play? How many of you here play girls softball? No other guys? Okay. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. I was helping my wife. Uh, and hey, by the way, listen, pay attention. You know what Sunday is? Father's Day. Don't forget, you're at camp. If you have a dad at home, you know, maybe you go to the craft room and make them some big camp thing, you know, a, a hat that says World Best Dad or something. It would be kind of fun. Okay. Here's the story. girl named Teresa. Any Teresas here? Okay. This is who she was. Her name was Teresa. In fast pitch softball. In fast pitch softball, the rules are very much like regular baseball, meaning that on a third strike, if you get called strike three and the catcher drops the ball, you can run. And if you get to first base, you're on there. So Teresa's at the bat. She was a funny kid, and probably 13 or 14, I don't know. And uh, she's there, and the pitch comes in. She swings at it and misses it completely. Strike three, the ump says, you're out. Oh, wait a minute. The catcher dropped the ball. So Teresa, at least knowing the rule, she starts running to first base. You know, the catcher picks up the ball, throws the ball high into right field. So the, the coach at first base is motion her, go, go, go. So she's running into second base. Coach at third says, come on down here. So she runs around third, or, or comes down into third. The throw comes here, the relay into the second baseman. Second baseman throws the ball to the third baseman. What do you think happens? He missed the ball. And the coach waves her in, and she scores. Home run on a strikeout. <laughs> you got to love it. And I'm watching this thing, and I'm thinking, this is amazing. The girl struck out. She didn't even hit the ball, and she got a home run. Uh, how cool is that? If you are willing to keep at it, to keep going, you can take a bad situation and you can turn it into something good. God can take a bad situation in your life and He'll turn it into something good. He'll bring His grace in there and do amazing things that you wouldn't believe. I want to encourage you. Don't get weary doing the right thing. You young people, you got it rough. You got it a lot rougher than I had when I was growing up. You know, you got... You have to deal with so many things, so many things in the world that the Satan's after your souls, trying to get you to mess up. He really is. And it is hard for you all every day to keep making right decisions, to keep doing the right thing. And what God says is, don't get tired doing the right thing all the time because all your friends are doing this or all that. Don't you get tired doing the right thing because if you remain faithful... My grace will be there for you. My grace will come in and do amazing things to help you run your race. Let's have a word of prayer, shall we? Father, I thank you for the story of the Israelites as they marched into Jericho. And Father, we recognize that uh, they may have thought this was a pretty silly way to win a war, but it sure did work. I pray you would be with each one of us here today. Help us not to become weary, tired of doing the right thing all the time. Help us to be like my mom, who just stayed at it, praying for her husband, trying to win him to the Lord, 
Try to do the right thing. Help us all here, Lord, to try and do the right thing, even though it gets tiresome sometimes. And to know that just like that bamboo, we may not see results for a long time, but someday the grace of God will come into our lives when we least expect it. And it will do amazing things. It will take us in our own races to a new level. Father, I pray you would bless each one that's here today. Watch over them. Help them to stay strong in you and the world they live in. Help them to be faithful to all the things that you've called them to do. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.